Hi, everyone. Alan Schimmel, DevOps.com here for another DevOps chat. Very happy to be joined in this DevOps chat by VP of, VP of Strategy at Atomic, Lucas Carlson. Lucas, welcome. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Thank you. Lucas, um, I know you've been at Atomic now, what, about two or three months? Yep. But I've known Lucas Carlson for years before Atomic, and I don't know if our audience is, is familiar with you, but you've had quite a storied uh, career already at a relatively young age. Thank why you, yeah. Why don't you give our listeners a little a little bit of the Lucas Carlson story? Sure. Well, I started out as a programmer. For 20 years, I wrote code. I started code when I was in elementary school, and, and ever since, I've been uh, writing code. And I wrote two programming books um, uh, and during my career. Um, I've mainly focused on the open source side of things, so Ruby, PHP, Python uh, worlds. Um, and then I started a platform-as-a-service startup about seven years ago, um, and I used Cloud Foundry as the foundation for my startup, and it was called AppFog. We signed up 100,000 developers. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was a great time. Uh, we were acquired by a telco, and it was really interesting to spend a few years uh, inside of a telco and, and watching them attempting a digital transformation, trying to move their applications into the cloud was a, a very interesting uh, story. Um, and after that, uh, I quit that job. I moved to Paris for a while. It was a life dream of ours, I moved my family. Um, and after Paris, uh, I looked around for what to do next, and uh, this opportunity came uh, at Atomic, and I thought it was a very interesting opportunity um, for reasons we might get into. Great, great. And, um, of course, you know, interesting with your background and, and accomplishments, Luke, is that you've, you know, Atomic, um, which is, uh, you know, an automation company, is, is where you wound up and, and as, as VP of strategy there. So as someone who, who was a, a chief strategy officer at, at the last company I co-founded, Lucas, uh, I can appreciate the title of VP of strategy. But for our listeners who are saying, well, you know, that sounds like just another corporate title, give them a little insight. What, what are, what's your role as VP of strategy at Atomic? Yeah, well, my role is to take a company that's been around for almost 30 years, that's had a product that is battle-tested, uh, been around the block, uh, really works, works at scale, has uh, thousands upon thousands of enterprise-scale customers, uh, has a lot of pedigree and DNA, and yet is a company nobody's heard of. Um, that's actually why I kind of joined it. I thought it was a really interesting challenge to take a company that nobody's heard of, yet has had a product that has uh, stood the test of time, is very, very robust, very strong, um, and see if there wasn't a way to kind of uh, help that company get recognized for the work that they do, which is actually really great work. Um, and so I joined the company with, with that kind of concept in mind. And it's been very interesting because Fundamentally, uh, when I came into the company, they call themselves uh, a DevOps company. Uh, and I come from a background. I've been doing DevOps uh, for, for a long time. I uh, grew up in, uh, around Portland. Uh, I hung out with Luke Keynes, uh, who, who founded Puppet, and 
she was one of my mentors when I was building AppFog. And uh, so I knew DevOps uh, inside and I used DevOps to build my own startup. Uh, and so I came in and I looked at what Atomic had. Uh, and Atomic has a very interesting, strong product, but it's not DevOps. Because mm -hmm. DevOps is uh, predominantly, you know, having grown up around it, I know, you know, DevOps is not some mystical union of developers and operations into this perfect combination that, that can do both and, and is, you know, just as adept at writing Ruby as they are uh, debugging MySQL. Uh, that's, you know, that's kind of a story, a fairy tale that people like to tell, but it's, it's not the truth. The truth is DevOps was uh, created by developers for developers to get around operations. They were sick and tired of waiting for operations to get around to provisioning their, their SQL server, uh, so they, they wrote some code that did it for them. They were tired of, uh, of uh, kind of the delays and lags uh, so they, they wrote code that got around it. It wasn't really meant to uh, create this mystical union. It was really meant to bypass operations. Mm -hmm. So the, uh, I guess, how does that uh, apply to Atomic? So Atomic uh, came in saying there were DevOps. They weren't a tool for developers. And yet I thought they have, they have this long track record they're doing something right, but what is it? Uh, and I spent a lot of time thinking about that before I joined, and when I joined, I became convinced that there is a huge part of the, de the DevOps story that is getting left out, that's getting forgotten, that is getting uh, sidelined and ignored, that doesn't deserve uh, to be ignored. I think that DevOps isn't enough on its own. Having run a platform-as-a-service company myself, uh, having put them, put platform as a service into major name brand banks, um, having seen uh, people trying to uh, adopt uh, these DevOps technologies, what I'm seeing over and over again is that one of the biggest struggles about DevOps uh, is, is a myth that I'm trying to shatter. And the myth is that DevOps uh, doesn't need operations, that DevOps outsources operations, that Operations isn't necessary for DevOps. In fact, I think the absolute opposite is true, and I don't think ops is becoming part of dev. I think that ops deserves its own practices equivalent to what DevOps brought to developers. Equivalent uh, and yet different, because I think that uh, fundamentally operations uh, has different worlds developers always will always has. Uh, developers failing fast is important and breaking stuff is, is totally acceptable. Um, and that's, and going iteratively is great. So if you write some code, it doesn't work, uh, you can fix it really quickly because you failed fast and, and it makes it better. And that kind of iterative approach is something that uh, works really, really well for developers. But it does not translate for operations. Operations it cannot fail fast. If you fail in operations and your database goes down in production, that could be millions upon millions of dollars uh, uh, lost for the business. So it's not that operations doesn't want speed. Of course they want speed. It's just that uh, speed is not the primary. For developers, speed is primary. 
for operations, reliability, robustness, scalability trumps speed. It's not that they don't want speed, it's that they have a different core value set, uh, a different worldview, and instead of trying to mush things, these things together, instead of making them one idealized person that's never going to exist, what I say is let's raise up the ops side of DevOps, bring it to the same level that developers have been raised. When developers adopted DevOps practices, it raised them up to a new level. It was a power-up. It was the mushroom in Mario. Mm -hmm. And what we need is to give the ops side a mushroom. We need ops to level up and uh, be able to play at the, at the same level as developers, but with tools built for operations, not built for developers. The tools out there for developers in DevOps are not the right tools for operations in DevOps. And so that, so Lucas, what, hold yeah, on, I'm going to stop here because I, I got to jump in. I'm sorry. I've been biting my tongue. So this is actually a pretty, I don't want to say radical, but a very different kind of view of DevOps and, and what goes on between Dev and Ops um, than, than I think we hear from most people. And, and it actually reminds me, I, I had a conversation, actually a DevOps chat with uh, Dave West, who is the uh, CEO of Scrum.org. And, you know, and obviously Scrum and it's part of Agile is really aimed at developers. And though he saw sort of a, a potential bridge from dev to ops. He he had a similar view of yours that, you know, we have tools that are written for developers that developers are using that are letting them get more involved in ops, but how much is ops really being involved in this DevOps, if you will? And but yet, you know, let let's look like configuration management tools. Yep. Do you do you think those are dev tools, not ops tools? Yep, I absolutely do. Absolutely. And uh, I can go into that more, but I think it's self-evident. I think that developers use those tools vastly more than operations. I think that the uh, the reasons are obvious. Uh, they, they, the tools were built for developers by developers. Uh, operations looks at the world through a different lens. They use different way of approaching the same problems. Uh, and they, they kind of the way that uh, configuration management works embraces a development mindset. Okay, fair enough. Let me ask, uh, so how does this, Lucas, play into Atomic and their their future tool set? Will we... Well, I, go ahead, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I joined Atomic specifically because I saw this as the biggest problem in DevOps today and that Atomic has solutions on the ops side of DevOps. Atomic solutions are the level up for ops teams. They don't say, like one of my biggest pet peeves right now is this rip and replace mentality. You see it with Kubernetes, you see it with uh, Mesosphere, with, uh, with uh, Docker containers, um, with Cloud Foundry, with OpenShift. All the big vendors out there, they all have the same promise. Uh, take everything you've done, throw it away, import all of your applications into our platform that'll do it all for you, and it'll solve all your problems. Well, I'm sorry, but that's just not going to happen. Those, t those platforms are generally uh, underdeveloped, under-tested at scale. They are a brand new uh, way of managing applications that is untested. 
they, they don't embrace uh, the vast majority of enterprise scale applications architectures. Uh, they don't, they, they basically force you to rip and replace. Uh, and rip and replace is not just a, a thing for the code, it's a, a thing for all the IT processes that have been known to work for the last 10, 15, 20 years. So you're, you're trading uh, a potential promise for a solution to all your problems, uh, but the risks are exponential and, uh, and vastly untested. So this, this whole concept of rip and replace, I think, is, is very, very dangerous in our industry today and very prevalent. Uh, and I joined Atomic because their approach is to embrace what already exists and make it better. Instead of saying, we're going to have a new platform for you to import all your apps to, they have a way to uh, describe the topology of your existing infrastructure and build on top of that and automate that instead of throwing it out and replacing with something new. And so I think, to me, it really levels up the ops side of DevOps. It makes operations a hero. It, it makes operations the hero, uh, the co-hero of the DevOps story. It doesn't uh, deny operations their vital role. Excellent. Excellent. I, you know what, Lucas, I'd love, unfortunately, I'd love to see this at a speaking. You've got to submit to speak about this somewhere. Yeah, um, for sure. But or maybe we could do a webinar and get into it because I honestly our DevOps chat format being just fifteen minutes doesn't give us enough time to really delve in here and I'd love to get a counter uh I'd love that too. these things too and let's really have a discussion around it. I think I'm gonna take that as my job. I'm going to go find someone and we'll go back and forth on this. Um but Unfortunately, we are just about out of time. We're at 15 minutes already. As I said, it goes quickly. This has been no a very interesting discussion. I would call it truly an ignite or a fire starter in that you, you've opened the door here, and we're not finished with this one, Lucas. We're going to come back to it. Sounds good. Um, but for now, we, we're going to call it a, a wrap. I hope if you're listening to this, you found the, in the conversation interesting. Of course, on DevOps.com, you'll also see a written transcript of the conversation, so you can hold Lucas to his words here. It's going to be in writing. And if you have any questions, comments, feel free to also put them on DevOps.com. We'll get them out to Lucas. And as I said, we're going to try to continue this discussion at a later date. But for now... Lucas Carlson, VP Strategy, Atomic. Thank you so much for really kind of blowing the doors up today on this. And uh, we look forward to seeing what, what the follow-up's going to be and, can, and success at the new position. Thank you so much. Thank Very you. Very happy to be here. Yeah, no, it's a great company. We, we've worked with Atomic for some time, and I met a lot of great people there. Anyway, uh, that's a wrap for this edition of DevOps Chat. Lucas Carlson, from Atomic is our was our guest, and this is Alan Schimmel for DevOps.com. We'll see you at the next DevOps chat. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Bye.